Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I am here with Father Boniface Hicks and I am Joe Rocky. And Father, one of the things I wanted to talk about today and actually in preparation for this cast that I was thinking of was whenever we started every football season, we would, the first two practices, just get back to the basics. And the freshman year, with all of us coming in from different backgrounds, we all had different ways of doing our stances. Um, all of us did it wrong. You know, the coaches would be all over us, telling us how to do it wrong, trying to show us how to do it right. Sophomore year would come around after going through that whole last season of practices. We're like, oh, that's what we did wrong the whole time. Now we get a little bit better. And... You know, then junior year, you're you're just getting better and better is going on. So what I felt like this would be a good opportunity was, let's just get back to the basics and fundamentals of of what it means to to be a Roman Catholic and what it is that we should be doing. Kind of taking this opportunity, knowing that setting the groundwork again is always a good starting point. So pretty much wanted to sit here with you being the coach. Take us from our stance all the way into the end zone type deal and kind of letting you guide this train. Okay. Um, well, I guess the the foundational thing in our faith is our relationship with Jesus Christ. So that's really the most fundamental thing. Every, everything else is going to be attached to that in some degree or another. And and if we get that part right, that it's all about Jesus, then we can start to make sense of a lot of the other teaching and practices and everything else. Because God has revealed himself to us, has come to enter into a communion of love with us in his son, Jesus. And that's amazing. If we start to wrap our minds around that, that God would actually become one of us and that he wants to be with us so much and that he wants to have that kind of love relationship with us, we start to recognize our dignity as human beings. He, he didn't even do that for the angels, let alone for the animals. He does that only for human beings. And then we can go some different directions with that because when we start to think about it, we realize, wow, I'm not able to love him the way that I want to love him. I, I struggle with that. I forget about him. I don't know how to pray. And we start to feel the weight of our own sinfulness, mm -hmm. of our human frailty, our, our failures, our self-perception, the way that we look at the world, the kinds of things that we're attached to, the the sorts of things that hold us back. Perhaps it's our, our lust for flesh or our lust for money or our lust for power. Uh, maybe it's just our, our own um, self-hatred or our um, disgust with how our life has gone. Uh, having been beaten up by so many people, we started to believe it after a while, and we don't think that we're just lovable enough that anybody could love us that much, let alone God. But we start to see these different barriers that prevent us from entering into that 
communion of love, that love relationship with Jesus. And so then we start to work with him to and, and with others because all of this builds on a human foundation. But we start to work on some of those areas where we are attached to the things of this world or attached to lies where we're bound up and we need to be freed. And Jesus has the power to do that and he does that with us. He won't do that uh, in spite of us but he will do it with us. He will help us to be set free from those things that prevent us from flourishing, from thriving, from becoming holy, from becoming saints, from having the fullness of life, which includes the fullness of joy and peace. So again, we start from our relationship with Jesus Christ to, to know him, to encounter him, to trust him, and then to start letting him purify us and and to set us free. And how do we how do we do that? Well, uh, we then need to also enter into uh, an ongoing relationship with Him, not just a periodic one, where we think about Him once a month or something, or even once a week, but where we really start living with Him every day, where we start seeing reality differently because we see it through the eyes of Jesus. We start to see what he sees we start to love the way that he loves and we start to see the ways that we don't do that on a daily basis and we we try to change those things change the ways that we think and change the ways that we act so that they're more like Jesus and that's where we let him into our lives more and more not just for an hour on Sundays but really let him into our business decisions let him into our marital conflicts or our, our marital joys. We let him into our uh, our studies. We let him into our reading. We read, let him into the way that we, we think about the world. We let him into our politics. We, we let him into our, our conversations and our relationships. We start to let him into everything. And that's where he really becomes the core, the center of our lives. And again, that's all a process of conversion and ongoing conversion. Uh, as we become more like him, as we let him in more. And uh, and as that progresses, we also come to the point that we realize, we start to experience the fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, generosity, self-control. We start to see the anxieties, worries, hatreds, fears. We start to see those things melt away and we start to feel the freedom that comes from being a child of God and united with Christ. We see all that grow more and more, and our life starts to look differently. And then we can't help but share it with people. And we say, this is the best thing that ever happened to me, and I want it to happen to you too, because this is how we become fully alive. It's not how I become someone else. It's how I become fully Father Boniface, or how you become fully Joe Rocky. And it's how you, my friend, will become fully who you were made to be. It's the best thing that ever happened. And so that starts to turn into mission. And we start to share those things more and more with, with other people and introduce them to Jesus, that they also can have this, this love relationship with, with God and Jesus Christ. So that's kind of the basic movement from a place of encounter to a journey together uh, and ongoing conversion that we start to also experience the, the joys of, of union and then we go on mission and we start to share that with others. It's kind of the basic itinerary.
Fair enough. So with that being said, why don't we kind of dissect each section of that. And the one that I guess maybe going in reverse that just hit me was the ongoing of mission, which is how to do that in a way in modern life, basically. I mean, I know that we're here doing a podcast, but most people out there do not. So how do we, in regular, everyday life, try to present that message moving forward? Well, I, I love to look at your own example, Joe. It's probably about a, just about a year ago that you reached out to me and we started talking about what we could do. But the first thing was that you said, I want to do something. Mm-hmm. Because basically you discovered that Jesus is a game changer and that he makes uh, an incredible difference in your life. He makes all the difference in your life. And you said, our churches are emptying out because people don't know Jesus. And how do we help them to know Jesus? I'm not even sure how to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. I've got some skills. Maybe we can share something. Um, Father Boniface is out there. He's doing something. He's not too far away. Maybe we can do something together. And you just had the courage to reach out and ask a question, and and you started saying, what can we do? And you started thinking about it. So this podcast wasn't, I don't know if it was exactly the the first proposal. I mean, I think we talked a little bit and discussed the idea. Maybe it was was already your idea, and you had to get me on board a little bit more. But anyway, um, that's that's how we started doing it. How can I share this with people? But um, we're sharing it with whatever, some thousands of people. But mission starts in sharing it with just one person. As soon as we have the chance to share it with a friend, a neighbor, to, it, was a, it was a roommate. I, when I started going to a Bible study, I was embarrassed that I was going to Bible study. I didn't even want to tell anybody about that. I'd sneak out of the room Saturday morning before my roommate was awake, and I went off and did this Bible study. And, and I had a good experience after the Bible study, and eventually, mission was just where I was going Saturday morning and telling him that I was going to this Bible study and telling him that it was starting to make a difference in my life. And that was significant because my roommate had been uh, raised Catholic and he had fallen away and would challenge me about my, uh, would, would just make comments about Catholic faith and would reinforce my own negativity toward Christianity. And so for me to share that with him, knowing that he wouldn't be particularly open to it, significant step. That was mission. I was on mission, sharing that. Uh, And then not even just reactionary, uh, but being proactive about it. Not just the fact that I'm willing to accidentally admit when somebody asks that I'm going to Bible study, but to start telling people about it. Hey, I'm doing this Bible study. Do you want to get up and come with me tomorrow? Do you want to read the Bible with me, you know, but, but we can start with, with friends, with family, with roommates, with colleagues, with whatever. That's, that's one form of mission. And then we can also be creative about it. The Lord inspires us in different ways. Like with you, Joe, you thought maybe a podcast, it was helpful for you to be able to hear some things, hear some teachings. And you felt like there's some different ways to approach that, different ways to share the faith that you thought you could facilitate by talking with me. So we were doing this podcast. Another guy I know created these coins 
it captured a point of his conversion. And on one side of the coin, just a simple coin about the size of a quarter, maybe a little bigger, and it had a bunch of dots on it, chaotic, all over the place. And the cross, symbolizing Jesus, was off to the side. And on the other side of the coin, he had all of the points arranged neatly around the edge, equidistant, and then the cross on a chair in the center. And all of the points connected to it, a line from the, all, each of the points to the, the enthroned cross in the center. And when he met somebody, maybe he had a little conversation with them, maybe it was a, a chance meeting at an airport, or maybe it was somebody he doesn't see very often, maybe it was a colleague or a relative, he would give them, a, give them the coin, and he would show them once on the one side of the coin where all of the points are kind of chaotic and the cross is off to the side, he said, does, you, does your life ever feel chaotic? Do you ever feel like uh, things are out of control and that you don't know what to do? Maybe it's like this. And he shows them that side of the coin and, and he says, that's because Jesus is off to the side. That's how, and he would witness from his own experience. You know, that's how my life was. Uh, everything was crazy. And I felt like there was no order, and I realized that Jesus was not in the center of my life. And when I put Jesus and I enthroned him in the center of my life, this is how it turned out. And he flipped the coin over, and he would show them, you know, the, the ordered life with everything around the, the edges and Jesus in the center. And just give that little witness. And then he would give them the coin, mm-hmm. and that would plant a seed. They'd carry it with them, put it in their pocket. And many people came back to him, people that he talked to per- Personally, and people he didn't even talk to, but he gave these coins out for other people to share as well. And people would say, oh, man, are you the guy that made the coins? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that changed my life. I really, I kept touching that coin, and it kept reminding me to put Jesus in the center. And I started to make that conversion. Right? So anyway, that's another sort of large-scale evangelization, but a very simple thing and just deriving from our own testimony. But the point is it derives from our own testimony, whether it's you, Joe, hearing things, it's putting, making you go deeper, it's me going to a Bible study, telling somebody about that, it's this guy making the choice to put Jesus at the center and finding a way to express that. It starts with our own testimony. So we really need to go deeper into our own conversion, and then it's going to start to emerge from that. How did Jesus touch my life? That's the gift that I have to give to others. And that leads to a question that I had there, and the way that you described it is something that I think that I had, and probably pretty common with most people, is the first couple steps down that road, you were you, you said that you were embarrassed by it, and you kind of wanted to hide it, and I guess my question is, why is that like the common starting point that most of us have? Like I said, I know I went through it. Why is that a thing? Well, part of it is because, I can say in my own case, I mean, I thought Christianity was stupid and a waste of time, and I looked down on Christians. I didn't like people that went to Bible studies. (laughs) So the fact that I was doing that was embarrassing. Um, That's one part of it. Another part of it is that it's, it's an act of faith. I've entered into a relationship with a person that somebody else may not know, may not believe in, mm-hmm. may look down on, and I'm, I'm talking about this invisible person. 
like that's vulnerable it's vulnerable to share faith because faith doesn't have the the concreteness of science in that i can't prove it to you with a mathematical formula i can't prove it to you with repeated scientific experiments i can only witness it to you from my experience and so i don't have the i don't have the power of proof i only have the vulnerable uh, witness of my own testimony my own experience and anybody can say that's a bunch of bs you're just having you know emotional hang-ups and i can't tell them that they're well i can prove i'm not having emotional hang-ups i suppose they can't prove that i'm wrong but i can't prove that i'm right yeah. and and that makes us feel very vulnerable we feel very weak in that uh, we like to have you know a heavy hitter that i can really force it down someone's throat it's also something that's profoundly personal and so to open it up to somebody and to be possibly attacked in it is really vulnerable it's a really sensitive place in our life in our heart yeah and that makes sense and, and I think you just kind of outlined what we go through and I guess that that might be one of the important starting steps for our own self mission is how to overcome that that embarrassment that that just wanting to not start up and how to overcome that to keep going to the fruits you know that was one of the the points that we had with this podcast from the beginning was to show what we're ultimately working for and the benefits therein and i think as we've gone along in doing this we've hopefully gotten better you guys as the audience will tell us that at presenting this message and one of the conversations we had after our last recording was this is one of the very few things in my life I cannot tangibly measure the results of yes I can see how many of you are listening and I can read all of our reviews but there's no tangible way to see how your life is changing because many of these listeners I have never met and it's on one hand that's still very scary every time we turn on this microphone but on the other it, it's it's just a challenge and it's the act of faith that it is working it, it's it's you know something that that we hope that is working but again it's not measurable and that's one of the things that i would like to explore a little deeper about how we can continue to do this yeah, the resistance, the fear, the vulnerability, the lack of uh, proof is uh, a challenge, which ultimately will start to press through if we're convinced. And sometimes we're not convinced enough, and we got to go deeper in our own faith first. And that's why Christians building up Christians is so important. Christians, we need we need community. And our brothers in Christ really help us. Sometimes we can go out on mission with somebody else who has more confidence. And maybe that's been a little bit of our dynamic as well, Joe, that uh, I'm fairly convinced. And yeah. I'm, I am sensitive. I mean, I do care what people think, and, and I'm sensitive to attacks and those kinds of things. But anyway, I mean... I'm pretty out there. I walk around with a big beard and a long habit, and, and uh, there's just not much hiding where my faith is. 
and I'm I'm all in at this point. So, uh, but but Christians building up Christians, going out on mission together. Jesus sent them out two by two, and and that's uh, a lesson for us. We need to be together, and even after they went out two by two, they uh, were able to come back and share the fruits of their mission with each other. We hear St. Paul going to new communities and witnessing to what happened, to the conversions that took place. That's the thing. There is a way, a, uh, some way to measure what's what's going on because we get the testimonies of others. We see lives change. Now, uh, maybe not through the podcast exactly, but you've heard, you've gotten feedback, I've gotten feedback, mm-hmm. and um, so we do see that, we do get that that tangible witness, and that builds us up. Uh, that's a great encouragement. I just attended a, an Unbound Leaders Conference this past weekend, and the first evening I heard one of the best talks I've ever heard from Matt Lozano, and he gave a really nice image for us of what happens when you have uh, planting, right? So first of all, you sow seeds. And then the second period is waiting for the growth. And then the third period is the harvest. Mm -hmm. And he really went into what the dynamic of each of those three different stages is. When we're sowing seed, we're trying to find, we're trying to send the message out in so many different ways. And one person sows the seeds, you know, and that same person may not reap the harvest, but one person's going out to sow the seeds, throwing the word out there, trying to get the message around, giving the testimony, like my friend who's sharing those coins, you know, like us, sending that podcast out. There's a lot of sowing seeds. Just me walking around in my habit is sowing seeds. People are thinking about like, wow, wow that guy's really convinced about his religion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's all of these different little witnesses, little seeds that are going out. And the second phase is waiting for the growth, and that's a time of a lot of prayer. So we pray that those seeds take hold. We pray that the rain comes. We pray that the, the season is a good season. We pray that uh, that somebody will come by to you know stamp in the seed. Sometimes you require nature to be at work in different ways. And, but it's a period where you don't see a lot. You don't see much growth. You don't see what's happening with those seeds. It's possible that they're all dead. And that There's season extends yeah. for... What's that? You can have a lot of doubt because you're not seeing anything happening. You know, did I do it right? Was it worthwhile doing? You know, all those questions that they, that you have there. But if you go and try to dig them up, you're going to ruin the process. That's right. Exactly. So when we get those doubts, the answer is to pray. And we need to pray into those doubts and we entrust everything to the Lord. And that's also why we want to set out doing as best as we can tell what he's asking us to. And at this Unbound Leaders Conference, for example, they they asked me to give a talk. It's the first time that someone besides Heart of the Father Ministries has given a talk. And the whole arrangement, they really prepared in prayer, and they had some anxieties going into it. How's it going to work out? Who's going to come? What's the fruits of it going to be? What are the Who's going to listen? All this kind of stuff. But they they did, what the as far as they could tell, what the Lord was asking, they prayed for the growth, and then it was an awesome conference. It was really powerful. But really, in the midst of it, they could keep saying, "Okay, we've, we're doing. We sowed the seeds that we believe the Lord wanted us to, wanted us to sow in the fields that He wanted us to sow them in, and now it's really His problem. He's got to bring about the growth. He's got to take the next step. So, so we have that 
in that growing season. And then the last season is the harvest where we see the fruits. And then we've got to be ready to take hold of them because uh, going back to physical processes, a harvest only lasts for a certain period of time. It comes fast and furious. It's messy. And you've got to get everybody involved to tear all that weed off, to pull all those fruits off, to get all of that into a, into a barn, into the holding tank, to get it clean, to get it ready. You know, you've got to be able to go after it. And then together with that is rejoicing. You know, Oktoberfest, the Harvest Fest, the, you know, all of these things are rejoicing in the harvest. And it's so important to do that. That's when we, you know, crack open the, the beer and have the bread and mm-hmm. take the first fruits and enjoy the, the sweetness and slaughter the calf and, you know, have these wonderful celebrations because we need to really rejoice in the, the fruits that have been born. And that gives us the energy to, to do it again. That gives us the energy to sow twice as much and even to wait twice as long if necessary. And then we can bring forth twice as much fruit. But all of those stages are, are important. And we need to know what stage we're in. Sometimes we want to be in the harvest, but we're really in the sowing stage. Sometimes we're uh, tired of being in the in the waiting and growing stage, but we really need to double down and pray more and and trust and trust everything to the Lord. So, anyway, it's a nice image for the kinds of troubles that we face. We do it better as a community because we can remind each other. You know, we we sowed the seed we were supposed to. We listened to the Lord. We're following the Spirit. We've got to wait and trust now. We've got to keep praying now. Or when that harvest comes, come on, now's the time. You know, this is. This is the person. We're seeing the, the faith really take hold in this person's heart. Let's take hold of it and, and run with it. In, in a certain way, that's why I wanted to do this podcast with you, Joe, because I saw the harvest. You know, I saw that someone had planted the seed, someone had waited for the growth, and you were ripe. <laughs> you were ready to do something about it. And woe is me if I don't respond to that. So that's uh, where we have to be ready also to see the harvest and rejoice in the harvest. Yeah, and one of the things that somewhere in life was taught to me was if you feel like you got to say something, you got to figure out how to get it out. And the two thoughts I had as as you were going through that, and really through this kind of cast as a whole, was it feels like a lot of myself. Maybe it's just the nature of the personality I have. Is but in general, we're not a patient people. We just aren't. We want everything done now and immediately. You know, we, we sell stuff based upon your phone not being able to send out a text a half a second faster than the other carrier, and that's a big deal. So the the waiting period is something that once you get past that initial anxiety, which combining the, the two analogies would be the sewing period, if I'm understanding, and then the waiting period would be letting it settle within you and, and seeing it in every days around you. And one of the things that I've noticed was thinking through everything is there's so many points that you have the opportunity to have your conversion, if you will. But like for me, there wasn't one big ah moment. It was like anything else. It was a series of decisions that eventually led down this road now there was a long period of time where the decisions were going the wrong way i realized it and tried to turn the current back and so that's something that you know i haven't really hidden over the course of the last year or so but 
that that's part of it. And the other thing that as we're drawing towards the end here over the last year of recording this is I've always had this belief that as being a priest you have superpowers that make you different from everyone else and having gone through this more and more was yes you have certain graces by becoming a priest but at the end of the day you're still a normal guy like everyone else you just have fully gone all in as you said and for that I want to thank you for for doing that and and for letting us do this cast and growing it to the people out there and to the people out there we ask you to to kind of do what we've asked is to push through that barrier give us the retweet on twitter give us some more reviews if you haven't yet because every little bit helps to grow this and we thank you for your time and we'll be with